You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. As well, you can hear these podcasts at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 317 by Rudolf Steiner, entitled Education for Special Needs, The Curative Education Course, 12 Lectures, translated by Anna Moise. This is Lecture 7, given in Dornach on the 2nd of July, 1924. To avoid confusion, I would like to continue discussing yesterday's case. The boy also shows a particular number of mental elements. He started, when he arrived, he brought this with him, to have a little spirit on the index finger of his right hand. He was consistent in calling it Bebe Asse. He would chat with it the way one does chat with creatures. He would talk to it, didn't he? Chatting with it, treating it entirely like a real individual. Another peculiarity was that he would suddenly change, something like the werewolf business. He would suddenly change. He would imagine for some time that he was a lion, and he'd be roaring like a lion. Did he also have other pretends? His favorite was a lion. You see immediately that he was not managing with his astral body, wanting to enter into the physical body with it. Bits were left over. For this Bepi assay is a leftover bit of his astral body, and it can happen, of course, that if a bit of astral body is hanging out, it will be ensouled by an objective elemental entering into it. Object and subject merge completely then, flowing together. For the teacher, it is important to know that the organism, having hardened, the astral body cannot enter fully. If you were to withdraw your astral body from the physical body, if it were not pulsating completely in the physical body, then it would indeed be the case that it would transform itself into all kinds of things, figures with animal-like forms. For it is the animal form which the astral body shows when it is close by, or half or three-quarters connected with the physical or ether body, but is nevertheless independent of them in a way. All these phenomena are highly characteristic in this boy showing us that it is really difficult to arrive at the right harmony between astral body and ether body and physical body. Let us now consider another child, going through his medical history. His mother says that he was born four weeks late. She was acting on the stage during the first four months of pregnancy, leaping about a great deal at times. Later, she suffered a physical blow. The child had a digestive problem at three months. She said he was only able to stand when two years old. He had been apathetic in the first four years, but greedy for his food. The first sound he produced was the R, which is unusual. He would always cry with the R sound. Up to his fourth year, he only babbled single words. He was then given speech exercises, saying sentences forward and back. This was done on my advice. Learning to talk, he developed motor unrest. He slept little, had difficulties going to sleep, and was very excited and tired in the evenings. He could not go to sleep, greedy for his food. Looking at a boy like this, 
one would not be able to say how old he is. He is now six and three-quarter years old, almost seven. You see, therefore, that he lags behind in the development of the whole physical organization. It is only slightly evident that the head is a little too large. The boy is quite generally retarded. You see from this that at the very stage of life which we call the first period of life, from birth to the changing of the teeth, when the physical organization should have an influence, his physical organization did not really have an influence. You need to remember the things I said about the physical organization in the first stage of life that is actually an inherited organism. The organism which he had lived in, had had during this period, was inherited. His eye organization is only now emerging. And this also does not have the disposition to deviate rapidly and to any degree from the first. For now his ether body is active, and this ether body has adapted to an extraordinary degree to the model body of the first seven years. He is lagging behind in developing his second dentition. This has not yet started. We therefore have to note that in this respect, too, he is lagging behind. First, we must now consider the clinical picture. Relatively speaking, we have a very weak astral body and a weak eye organization, and these cannot hold their own against the inherited organism. This inherited organism has also stayed small, however. Now, it is doubtful, if it is true, that the child was born four weeks late. If that is the case, the consequence would be that he has stayed small. He has been an embryo for longer because he had remained too small, because he had not fully developed by the end of the ten moon months. We must now ask ourselves where all this comes from. We have the explanation that his mother was on the stage in the first months of the pregnancy an activity which definitely was pursued with a certain enthusiasm and dedication. It is an independent company who devote themselves to the business with enthusiasm. There we have extraordinarily great tension in the mother's astral body. And this simply configured the astral body in such a way that it is active in the respect where it cannot do much about growth, active when it comes to intellectual abilities and intellectualizing, therefore, started even when the astral body was being configured during the embryonic period. We are, therefore, dealing with a deficit due to causes that lay in the embryonic period. It is now a question of how to treat such a child who is quite generally retarded. You can also see that the astral body continues to be quite powerless. The boy was apathetic in his first four years, developing nothing but pure animal instincts in the physical organism. He is a greedy eater and is late in learning to talk. And, lo and behold, he first said R, bracket, to the boy, close bracket, say, quote, Robert is running, close quote, bracket, the boy says it in a deep, growling voice, close bracket. You see, he is wholly geared to the R. Don't forget that a whole life comes to expression in such a phenomenon. Consider the mother, on stage, during the embryonic period, moving freely on the stage. Consider the character of the R, how in the Eurythmic course it is characterized as something that rotates, 
and you will find that his mother's work on stage continues to take effect in his speech. Everything else loses significance because this is so predominant. Here we get an extraordinarily deep insight into the situations we must master if we want to be really clear about these things. Now in the early years a strong astral body and eye should regulate the human being of metabolism and limbs. But this astral body is weak. It does not do the regulation. And so we have two things here which you must note. You see, I don't know if all of you attended the lectures where I spoke of the real significance of the human brain. Because of everything which human beings have in their organization, the human organization as a whole separates into anabolism and catabolism, constructive and destructive processes. Catabolism always involves products for elimination. Eliminatory products are the traces remaining of catabolism. Take the head. There we have catabolism, for the soul's intellectual and mental activity is wholly based on catabolism, insofar as the soul uses the head as the organ to support this. Due to the weakness of the astral body, catabolic function is such that the catabolism too is irregular. Its products are not removed in the regular way. They stay where they are. And above all, they do not harden to the degree to which they should harden. Though we do not have an actual hydrocephalus in this case, we do have a head that has a brain in it which is too soft. Now consider the mirror image of the brain, which is the contents of the intestine. This too cannot be in order, and will not be in order. Intestinal function can never have been in order. Irregular brain function and irregular intestinal function will certainly run parallel, especially in a child. If you were to say straight away, quote, I'll regulate intestinal function, close quote, this will not regulate his brain function. It needs skilled medical knowledge to establish harmony between them by means of regulation. There is also some messiness in his mental attitude to the outside world. Just try and ask something of him which he does understand. He'll give a bit of a grin. He does not take it in cleanly. Well, we'll discuss the rest in conjunction with the case. Now, I'll just say that the speech exercises were started when he was four. And you'll need to know that whenever one does speech exercises, doing them forward and back, this regulates the connection between ether body and astral body. The work done at that earlier time aimed for harmonious collaboration of astral body and ether body. It is now a matter of getting him to be clearly sentient of his physical organization altogether. For in sentience, the physical organization's powers of growth are honed, as it were. But we have to do eurythmy therapy exercises with him that will get him to be aware of his own physical organization. E is particularly suitable for this, see plate 10, for there the individual touches himself in his organization. Also, U and Ö, the Ö is used to regulate. And that Ö is O with an umlaut. U and E serve to make the child aware of himself, in himself. Anything which leads to taking hold of one's own organism can take us forward in this case. What else did we do? 
eurythmy therapy, and speech exercises. He also paints in the group, for he'll soon be old enough for school. Progress is slow with him, but he will make progress. Bracket. The next child is presented. Close bracket. I got to know this boy when I was traveling. Well, he is a relatively difficult child. He's eleven years of age. You will hear in a minute what this is about. He is an only child. The birth is said to have been normal, but I was told his mother was not very sensible during the pregnancy and did also drink alcohol. Development is reported to have been unremarkable for the first three years. We will discuss this later. The matter cannot have been entirely the way it is presented, for when he was three he suddenly developed a high temperature and had a seizure in the night. It was of short duration. Since then the seizures have been very frequent, as a rule also at night, and later would develop roughly once every three months. Wholly the characteristic phenomena of a seizure, as we have discussed them, and he has had these seizures from his fourth year onward. Up till then the organism had not got so far as to push the astral organization away, with certain wall structures of the organs pushing the astral organization away. The boy is fully unconscious when he has a seizure. We did also find that this is the case quite generally. His violent jerking is especially over the left side of the body, and his eyes are turned to the left. Afterward he is very exhausted and will often vomit. You see from this that it happened in his third year, that the walls of organs could not let the astral organization pass through, which would result in seizures. Unconsciousness develops with these seizures, for the reasons I have given. In his case, the astral organization does, after all, break through the walls to some degree, after some time, so that he makes a subconscious, half-conscious effort beforehand. This effort takes as long as the seizure does. Then he has overcome it. And instead there is a certain emptiness in the organism compared to before, and this irregularity shows itself in those violent jerks. Now you know that the left side of the body is slightly weaker than the right. Because of this the astral body, wanting to be free once the battle is over, see plate 10 in the center, will seek to go to the weaker part of the organism, as evident from the way the eye turns to the left. According to the physicians in Jena, he is supposed to have had an encephalitis a year ago in January. He had a severe seizure at that time, preceded by gastric problems and a temperature. So we have here a severe seizure preceded, initiated by a stomach upset. Two weeks later, when the child was quite well again, he developed paralysis in the left arm and leg, a highly typical phenomenon, with quite a simple explanation. For you see that whenever the child has gone through the stress and wants to push the astral body through, and afterward, having gone through this, he senses the emptiness behind the place where it pushed through, he would then be jerking, letting the astral body escape to the left. One thing has to be considered, however. In the human organism, everything that comes in from outside has not been prepared by the organization itself. Once it is broken through the organization, is in fact poison. 
If you have an organization like this, see plate 10, and the astral organization shifts from right to left and this continues on, as it may, being violent, continuing on into the etheric organization, taking the physical organization along with it, you get a slight infiltration of poison into the left side of the body. Such an infiltration of poison is outwardly evident in the symptom of paralysis. The child was then given massage, and the paralysis improved after three months. A slight weakness remains. We can certainly see that slight weakness in him. Bracket. Addressing the boy. Close bracket. Hold this like this. You see, he is clumsy with his left hand. The nature of the seizures has changed a great deal since January 1923. They are very brief now, and usually come nine hours after going to sleep. The child gives a sudden shout, awakens, stands up. Severe meteorism is observed, a characteristic phenomenon. At present he has a seizure almost every week, but no longer with unconsciousness. There are no more jerks. The seizures pass, he jumps up. A corpus callosotomy was done in 1924. He is late in going to sleep, often talks in his sleep, especially when he's had a late meal. His appetite is good. He does not like fruits, acids, vegetables, but prefers meat. His digestion is pretty good now. Previously, he was likely to be constipated and tired quickly. His imagination is lively. He is trusting toward everyone with no attachment to specific individuals, not even his parents. He is quick-tempered and loves animals and plants. A notable characteristic is that he is very chatty. That must be put in the case record. It is a real need he has. He must do it, just like anything else. He has got himself noticed, so that essentially you have seen all there is to him. You see, this child is only at a stage where the second body has long since developed. The body, which is not a model, has long since developed. After all, he is eleven now. And again, the situation is that even the model organism fell into decadence because his mother was not very sensible during the pregnancy and drank a lot. It is highly probable, considering the way the boy presents, that even the first, the model body, was extraordinarily irregular. It may certainly be assumed, though it does not say so here, that the birth was two weeks premature because the mother had not looked after her body to make it a genuine place where the embryo was able to develop fully in all respects. That is particularly the case when much alcohol is taken during a pregnancy. Here it says that development had been unremarkable for the first three years. I would assume, however, that people did not have the ability to make more subtle observations. The boy must certainly have felt the need to talk quite early, for the astral and eye organizations were really hanging out of his throat or mouth. They must always have had problems entering fully. There must have been a certain nervous excitement in those first three years, evident on the outside, and to a degree rejecting the imitation principle and rather putting the inner organic impulses forward in the course of development. You then have, especially when the age of three and a half approaches, half of the seven years, which are the first period in life, the reactions emerging 
which you get when the eye and the astral body cannot work properly from the head organization in the first seven years. Then these organs, which are gradually evolving, they will be finished by age seven, will be atrophied. So why did they turn out to be atrophied in this case? Because the child did not go through the whole embryonic period. The organs would have been much more perfect, modeled out, if the child had gone through the whole embryonic period. As it is, we do not have a completely developed model. And hence, it is exactly at this important time, at the age of three and a half, that even the model will fail if the organs do not manage to take on their form. The disposition then develops where the astral body wanting to penetrate the whole organization so far that it passes through the walls of the organs, being unable to get through, will instead give rise to all the phenomena we have been discussing. It will not surprise you that in such a case the stomach and intestinal organization also gets upset. For when this astral body does not cause the currents to flow properly from the head to the limbs, then the intestinal organization and the digestion altogether will be weak. The eye organization is not properly in them. Take this weak digestive organization, especially one weak in its powers. The eye organization is not properly in it. This weak digestive organization cannot tolerate the very thing that needs to be effective in the digestive organization. The situation is that when we look at a plant, the root has its relevant action in the head organization, the herbage in the rhythmic organization, see plate 10 on the right. The fruit or flower acts on the intestinal organization, the digestive organization. There is no relationship between a weakly developed digestive organization and the principle which develops in an upward direction. So you will understand that this astral body, which lies unattached in the whole of the belly, not really at home in the digestive organization, an astral body which has a great relationship to meat in every human being, is here creating a preference for meat. Then there is the dislike of sour things, again understandable, for acids have a particularly powerful effect on the astral body. And when it has entered properly into the organism, it offloads its acid effects on the physical organism. But when it has not entered properly, it will continue to be sore, sensitive to the actions of acids. These things show particularly well how the organism actually functions. For when we have such an irregularity, it will of course be no surprise if there is a stomach upset. A stomach upset is merely a symptom indicating that this irregularity, which I have been discussing, is there. But it is this irregularity which is the whole disease. The symptoms develop because of it. And a further seizure can of course be triggered at any time by such stomach upsets. The nature of the seizures changed greatly from January 1923. They are brief and occur nine hours after going to sleep. The boy gives a shout, shouts out, and wakes up. Marked meteorism has been observed, and currently he has a seizure every week. Readers aside, meteorism is the word meteor with ism on the end of it. End of readers aside. 
This may look threatening, but there is also something reassuring about it. It indicates a kind of improvement, getting better in a natural way. A crisis has come, which is inwardly discharged. It is slow, that is true, but one could not really expect anything else. Why do these things happen nine hours after going to sleep? Because, at that point, the astral body is once again beginning its return to the physical body. It still has difficulties with this. It cannot get in, and must enter in all the time and be pushed away. Then you can imagine that all these phenomena arise, getting up, shouting. But once he has his astral body in there, in the whole physical organization, this will more easily stay like that for the rest of the day. The meteorism is due to the astral body not having been fully integrated yet in the intestinal organization. It is this relative independence of the astral body which gives rise to everything that is particularly characteristic in the mental life, his constant chattering, also that he is easily excited, also the lively imagination. The question is, what can be done in a case such as this? Now, you see, in such a case, it is above all important to deprive the astral body, which is highly independent in its actions, of any opportunity to develop powers that will be obstacles to it in adapting to the ether body and physical body. The moment the child behaves the way he did today, we can see what will have to be the first measure. We have to take away his toy. Having this toy is poison to his soul. He must above all stimulate his imagination only with things which nature has not yet brought to completion. He must be encouraged to paint as much as possible, but above all create forms to whittle. He must therefore simply be given a piece of wood and be encouraged to create a human form. This will be the educational approach he needs right now. We must avoid his handling things that are finished products. We must seek to have him do much himself, so that his limbs get moving. We have not yet made these arrangements. They are what is needed in his case. A peculiar thing with this boy is that one cannot say that it is a particular organ which does not let the astral body pass. The totality of all organs is really in that way, all the same. Hence, deformation also happens easily. But this means that when the astral body is in the process of entering, it will deviate to the left side, which is weaker. There is therefore always a danger that signs of paralysis develop on that side. They are not yet harmful at this stage, for as long as they are weak, they may get stronger. My advice would be to add exactly the things for which there is marked aversion because of his particular constitution adding anything that contains fruit acids in the lowest possible doses to foods he likes, so that he takes it along in the process of digestion. Before giving him meat, you simply put something containing fruit acid into the bowl in which he has his meat. He has to get used to having very small quantities of stewed fruit with his meat. Then it will be a matter of starting lessons, using a really sensible method as in the Waldorf School irrespective of the rate at which he progresses, or continuing with lessons. 
Eurythmy exercises for him will consist not in limiting oneself to single letters, but doing everything that will set the limbs in motion, encouraging the efforts made by the limbs to configure the astral body fully. The way the boy is, he is himself helping progress. A child like the one we saw before is, on the other hand, extremely difficult to treat because we have something like a little demon before us. Just consider, to the degree to which the child stays small where his physical body is concerned, his astral body grows larger without adapting to the physical organization. He turns into a real actor in his astral body, though he does not know this. If we could train the child in a one-sided way, for instance, using not a single individual for acting lessons, but a whole faculty, and if we were able to set individual tasks for the faculty members, we could train this child, seeing that he continues to be just a nipper, to teach the actors the R and related sounds. He seems to be at rest, but is extraordinarily active. We thus have a kind of demonic spirit before us. There is a real supersensible spirit present in young Robert. It is like this. In the child who was sitting there before you was a small added element, the little titch in dwarf-like form. On the other hand, the actor is very much present, going head over heels in all kinds of ways, cartwheeling and so on, though the boy ambles along in a quite relaxed way. That is a child who is extraordinarily difficult to reach. Everything you try with his physical body, the exception being eurythmic therapy and speech exercises that aim at the physical body and influence the intellectual aspect, would merely favor the mercurial astral body. You cannot reach this human being via the physical body. Quite the contrary. You might fare like the sorcerer's apprentice when he splits the broom, and then there are two brooms. If you are able to reach him, it might easily happen that you do something that will increase the liveliness even more. The point is that we are dealing with an extraordinarily lively astral body. How should we handle the education in that case? The education must be such that we do the opposite of what is so often done. People very often attach great value on the things the child is taught, on dramatic enhancement. With this child, enhancement in the lesson must be followed by toning it down. And this principle must apply in all his lessons. So we need patience as we really arouse his interest. He does not know what is going on in his astral body. And anything by way of genuine imagination will be helpful for this organism. Invent the most precious and lively stories. Become a creator of rich fantasies all around this child. And having taken a story to the height of liveliness, having found your way wholly into this subconscious astral organization, you then try and take it all down a peg or two. Try, first of all, to make a bit of a joke of something in the story so that the fun is spoiled. You say something about the hero, about whom the child is enthusiastic. Say, quote, well, he always needs to blow his nose when he does anything like this, close quote. Anything that takes the high points down a peg or two. And you then take this further until the whole has dissolved into an air bubble, but not in such a way that you spoil the child's fun. 
should also be rather fun the way it then proves to be an air bubble. And in doing all this, as you react in response, the astral body will all the time have a tendency to adapt to the physical body. So if you are patient and work with such a child in this way, turning into an inventor of stories yourself, and then go ironic in the story, so that there will be nothing left, you will be able to achieve by his ninth or tenth year that he begins to grow naturally. Much would be gained by this, this excessively fantastic total organism that was created during the embryonic period would then change back. Things that are there already would disappear with the things you do. The most ineffective thing with phenomena of this kind is to address the phenomena directly. To get him out of saying are would be just as impossible as it would have been impossible for a certain actor in Weimar, who was not a child, of course. He would never say, in quotes, friendly, with a stress on the first syllable, but stress each of the two syllables. He had quite specifically developed this principle of stressing every syllable. Bracket, Rudolf Steiner gave two more examples. Close bracket. We cannot deal with such phenomena in a direct way. It would be the wrong idea to get the child out of the R habit. That would merely make him empty, lazy, and negligent. The tendency will, however, disappear of its own accord if you do the things I've been discussing. The end of Lecture 7